What's up, food history nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. Iron City goes bankrupt yet again, and in order to save themselves, they have to find a way to pay their negligent water bills. Editor-in-Chief Charlie Deach has the details. This is the agony and the ecstasy of Iron City. In Piccarelli's time, the brewery managed to rack up debt in the amount of about $31 million. The most interesting bill on there, however, was a $4 million water bill that they owed the city of Pittsburgh and the PWSA. In December 2002, the city threatened to cut off water service to Iron City. They negotiated a settlement for the water bill, and they started paying their water bills, plus the debt. By December 2005, though, Iron City stopped paying its water bill again, and this time they owed about $2.5 million. The city kept allowing them to operate because there's a lot of jobs at stake. If the city shuts it off, they're the bad guys for costing people their job. So they allowed it to go until December 7, 2005. The PWSA finally threatened to once and for all shut off the water to the brewery. And on December 7, 2005, Iron City went bankrupt. Again, they declared bankruptcy and closed their doors. The writing's on the wall at this point that any plans that could have saved Iron City may have already sailed. Probably you, you weren't going to be able to continue to operate in that facility anymore. It was becoming too costly. Production was way down, so they probably didn't need that much area. So I know that there was a lot of talk about them potentially moving or condensing their operations and, and maybe leasing out other parts of property. It limps through in bankruptcy for a couple of years, Iron City. In 2007, two guys, Tim Hickman and John Milne, they had plans to buy the brewery and they they called Icy Light one of the best beers you know on the market. I think there's a lot of opportunity to grow outside of western Pennsylvania. Tim Hickman actually told me this in an interview for this story. So he talked about how they were going to get hyper-local and focused and continue to grow the brand and – go back to the, you know, the base of selling in the Pittsburgh region. And so they said all the right things. They bought it in bankruptcy. But again, these were guys who knew nothing about brewing beer. So we once again, we have folks in charge with grand plans, but maybe they don't have the, the knowledge and the wherewithal to actually see them through. So they're facing bankruptcy yeah. yet again. Yes. And they are still at this point even though they're shrinking, housed in Lawrenceville in yes. their original brick facility mm-hmm. that they've been in since the 1860s. That's correct. And now the city is really mad. The city is mad because, yeah, they, they were still owed $2.5 million in water bills. John Milne, he gave a $500,000 loan to the brewery. They say they can make a profit in the first year if they get union concessions in the amount of $5 million, a break on their water bill, and if they invest $4 million into new equipment and $500,000 into a marketing budget. The first thing they talk to the city, the city cuts the water bill from $2.6 million to $1.5 million. As long as the brewery stayed open and they made the promised equipment upgrades. Because at this point, the equipment is in bad shape. Aside from the break on the water bill from $2.6 million to $1.5 million, the URA, the city's Urban Redevelopment Authority, agreed to give them $38,000 to help with plant upgrades. And they were going to pay that out over a three-year period of $12,500 a year. Because I think they, while they wanted to help out the brewery, they also knew that they didn't want to give them a whole amount of anything until they got what they needed. 
the union, so the union came to the table, and uh, I talked to this great guy, this union uh, union steward named Richie Malter, uh, Malter of all of all things. That was his name, and Richie Malter was a third generation Iron City Brewing employee. His father and grandfather both worked there. He told me a story that he had his first Iron City beer at fifteen, because in his house they had two. Th- he said we had two things to drink: water and Iron City. And so he was a diehard Iron City guy, and he worked with him up till the end. Richie Malter was very – and rightfully so. He was very bitter. He was on the negotiating team when they went in to, to deal with Tim Hickman. The new union plan called for $3 an hour wage cut, a loss of two weeks vacation. They lost three holidays. They had to increase the contribution to employee health care about 13 percent. And the overtime was severely cut. And at the end of the day, though, they got their $5 million in concessions. January 2007, that plan was barely passed by the workers, but they, so they got their concessions. If you think about it, we're in January in 2007, and everybody is believing in the company again. Because I think when something's around that long, you just can't imagine life without it. And so people are willing to do what it takes to keep it around. I mean, it seems like everybody except the people who actually owned the brewery cared enough to put sweat equity into the company and to give breaks wherever they were needed. So that's what it seems like this whole story comes down to. Exactly. Is that it's a bunch of people who actually really care about the company trying to float it while it's being run by people who are really concerned about the bottom line. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Also, the economy is about to tank. Yes. This time, you're right. The economy is about to just go head first into the crapper. 2008. Yeah. Recession. Exactly. For five more minutes in food history, visit our archives at www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts on iTunes. Stay tuned for the final installment in our Iron City series, coming up in two weeks. Until next time, go out and make some history of your own.